Welcome back to the Ghost Goal Podcast World Cup Group by Group Previews. We're going to be previewing Group D, made up of Argentina, Croatia, Iceland, and Nigeria. The proverbial group of death, uh, people are calling it. I'm, I'm Alex. I'm going to introduce us again, Javier. This is Javier. Uh, we just got done previewing Group C. If you want to go check out that group, it's... Uh, oh God, we just talked about it for 40 minutes. It's France... Denmark, Peru, Australia. Javier's Peru. We did a nice long forty-minute pod on that. Uh, we're going to try and keep it a little bit, a little bit slimmer this time. We're going to start out with the group favorites and one of the tournament favorites in Argentina. It's their seventeenth World Cup appearance. Their manager is Jorge Sampaoli, former Chile head coach during uh, some of their most successful years. Former Sevilla coach up until this Argentina position opened up last year. They're notable players. Have you ever heard of Lionel Messi, Javier? Uh, do you think he counts as a, as a notable player in uh, in this tournament? He is the reigning World Cup Golden Ball winner. Uh, you should have just stopped. You should have just said notable player. Notable player. That's it. There's no one else. No, no one that's else. it. Just stop right there. Without Messi, that team is nothing. They're, they wouldn't make it out of the groups. They'd be complete and utter dog shit. I don't know if that's true. So, oh, well, because oh, well, they didn't win a game in qualifying that Messi didn't play. Well, I mean, they're a team. They didn't score a goal a without team. Lionel Messi and the team. They're a team huh. made up around They can't score Lionel a goal and Messi. they can't get a point without Messi. I wonder what they are. Just useless. But anyway, yeah, okay, maybe Dabala might have something to say. I was there. about to say, like, if Lionel well, Messi okay, just never existed, their yeah. team would probably be built around other players that are very, very talented and, and themselves. And they wouldn't have qualified for this World Cup? I have a feeling they might have still qualified. Uh, their team. They have an embarrassment of riches in the forward areas, obviously, it's a, as is it's, tradition it, with it's Argentina. It's been more embarrassing in other World Cups, let's be honest. Yeah, sure. But, I mean, still, you, you go into the World Cup with Paolo Dybala, Gonzalo Higuain, Sergio Aguero is fighting to be fair. <laughs> Choker. <laughs> Chokers. Yeah, Higuain, specifically. Uh, and Aguero. But, yes, Higuain, yeah. Higuain, I don't know why he's going to this World Cup. They should have just let Icardi go instead of him. Get some new blood in there. I mean, I, I'm not hopeful. But Javier Icardi isn't Lionel Messi's friend, so he doesn't get to go to the World Cup, okay? That's how it works in Argentina. He's not his friend? <laughs> he's not the friend? What is that from? Uh, Santi Cazorla. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so, <laughs> Arsenal references. Yeah, I, leaving, I don't get he's, them. He's leaving now. He's gone. Uh, we'll get to the forward areas. We'll get to that very soon. But... I want to start with some very breaking news that Sergio Romero suffered a knee injury uh, a day or two ago. He's their starting keeper, played out of his skin at the last World Cup, and was a stalwart of a back line that got clean sheets against Belgium, got a clean sheet against Switzerland, got a clean sheet in the semi-final against Holland before winning on penalties, and then conceded once in the final to Germany. Without Sergio Romero in goal, they're going to be choosing from the likes of Willy Caballero from Chelsea, now 38 years old or 37 years old or something, Franco Armani from River Plate in his early 30s, and Nahuel Guzman from Tigres in Mexico. Not the most convincing of options. I think as of now, Willy Caballero is the, the odds-on favorite to be the starter come the first kick of a ball in the tournament. But as someone who's watched him a good amount on Chelsea, he's you're not winning the World Cup with Willy Caballero in goal. That's just let's just get that out of the way. And there's a danger and a very real threat in this very difficult group that Argentina, I think, could get upset once or twice and their tournament's over. Yeah. I want to talk about if with Argentina not being able to rely on uh, a more defensive or a more solid defense. 
will they be able to make up for it at the other end of the pitch? Obviously, on paper, they've always looked like they've been able to, but they've hardly ever been able to put it together. I mean, let's be real here. All that matters is how Messi plays. If Messi plays well, they'll go far. If well, talk, he doesn't play well, talk to me about. He will be give me your rant, it. Javier. Give me your Angel Di Maria rant that you've given me yeah, so many I'm, times. I'm giving it to you right now. If if he doesn't play well, he will be blamed for it. All the pressure's on him. Well, you talk okay? about you talk about how his teammates so, play with him. Yeah, you've but, talked to me about that before. Where there but, are, there are different. I've given up on his teammates, Alex. When they play for him in the national team, they there's a bunch of individual. Idiots like Di Maria, like Iguain, and in for the national team, sadly, like Aguero too, even Dybala. None of them play particularly good when they get the Argentina shirt on. They all disappear, you know, because they're all great players at their own clubs. Yeah, they're all great players at their clubs. They're usually the main men at their clubs. You know, they're they're the main players. No, not Di Maria. He never was. But you know, some of these other players like Dybala, like Iguain. But Di Maria thinks he is like as good as Messi. Yeah, he thinks probably. he's some. He he does. He definitely thinks he's like some great player. And you know, there's going to be so many times. I'm sure you'll see it in this tournament where you know someone like uh, a Messi is open or Dybala is open, and you'll just see Di Maria run. You know, at at some defender and lose the ball, and you're just gonna be like, "What? Like Messi was open? Why don't you pass him the ball?" Or Iguain's gonna take some shot that's uh you know six yards out, and he's gonna put it straight at the keeper or fluff his lines, and 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 it's happened in all the World Cups. I don't see why this one's gonna be different. The only thing, like I said, Messi could just go crazy. He could just score ten goals in this tournament and lead them to another final, like he did in the last one. Argentina weren't good in the last tournament. They were just carried and dragged to the final by Messi. And Messi, you know, he did. He got nullified by Germany in that final. And if 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 a team finds a way of marking Messi out of the game, which you know, teams have showed they can do it in the past. If you if you find a way to do it, then I think you're going to get by this Argentina side. I don't think the, the the supporting cast. The I think it's worse than it's been in previous years. I think that the fact that Mascherano was still called up. And that you don't really know what their midfielder back line is going to look like. Well, I mean, the, the midfield, it's, it's pretty – we'll get to that in a second. But one thing I was going to – I'll mention it for you because you've, you've said this to me many times when watching Argentina together. You've mentioned to me how so many of the supporting cast, so to speak, refuse to play a style similar to that at Barcelona, where obviously Lionel Messi has had all of his success for the most part. They refuse to play quick – one and two touch, like, like give and give go, and go kind triangles of, on, on the field with exactly. Messi, with Playing him everything as, through him, with him as the sort of yeah, center the, of those the orchestrator. Because the players around him are so used to being on the ball themselves, taking players on, going for goal from thirty yards out, that they're just not in that pass and move mindset. Do you think if Aguero is back and healthy and having a, a two years under Pep Guardiola, he could be more conditioned to? play this way with Lionel Messi. Obviously, there's still the issue of maybe like Paolo Dybala and Angel Di Maria. He's the biggest culprit that you've you've complained about in the past. I would just say if you're watching Argentina and you start to see those little passing moves uh, begin from the first 10 to 15 minutes, hold on. Because Argentina, on on their day, they can put four, four they can definitely put four or five goals past Nigeria. Yeah, I mean, I mean it's, it's, purely like on, it's purely on Sampaoli, I think. An attacking they, they manager. Were, they, were not, right. they were not convincing at all during qualifying, even when he after he joined. So well, I think, he joined I think, very, I think, very I think late it on, took a Lionel Messi hat trick uh, in Ecuador to bring Seal, them to this yeah. World Cup. And you know, like I said before, they didn't get a point 
in the in, they had they think they played six or seven games without Messi and they didn't get a point in any of them. They didn't score a goal. They were absolutely abysmal. There was a couple nil nil draws, but like they didn't do anything. You know, they didn't win a game. Sorry, they they got a couple points, but they didn't win a game. And they were they were they were just terrible without him. So I think if Messi goes down, some hurt, time to get if he disappears in any of these games, they're they're gonna lose. They're gonna they're gonna they're gonna have trouble. So I think other I, I think. Like I don't think it matters so much as the goalie or the back line of the midfield. I think we just gotta, you know, just 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 see how well the team plays with Messi. If they play, like you said, if they're playing through him well, if they're using him well, then I think they'll do well in this tournament. They'll go far. If not, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe they don't even get out of the group. This is a hard group, it's, so it's, they're one of the candidates of the top top sides to have a disappointing tournament. There's always one. We've mentioned Spain. Someone might not at get the out last of the group. Tournament. Yeah. Real quick, their midfield. Uh, they have the likes of Ever Benega from Sevilla, who is a uh, favorite of Jorge Sampaoli's when Sampaoli was managing at Sevilla last season. Uh, they got to the Champions League round of 16 and lost to Leicester City, but under Sampaoli, you know, not not ideal, but Ever Benega was one of their better players in that in that system. Uh, Lucas Biglia from AC Milan, uh, former formerly of Lazio, he's going to be in a race to be fit for this World Cup. But if they have those two in midfield, that could do that could go a long way to help them control midfield a little bit more and win balls back. Their their backline, there's a whole lot of players in contention. I'd say the only two spots that are locked down are uh, the two center backs between Nicolas Otamendi, obviously of Man City, just had one of his best seasons of his career, and uh, Federico Fazio from. Roma, who obviously just got to the Champions League semi-final a few weeks ago. So Argentina, real Jekyll and Hyde team. They could not qualify out of the group. They could end up in the final. We just don't know. It all rests on the shoulders with Lionel Messi. The other really interesting and almost as talented team in this group. I would say on paper, like as a squad, they like like take out Lionel Messi, this squad is probably more talented than Argentina. Is Croatia. Uh, it's their fifth World Cup appearance. They made their first World Cup appearance in 1998, since the nation was formed, I want to say, in 91 or 92. And they've been to every World Cup since? Uh, well, yeah. They got to the semifinals of World Cup 1998, their first one, and since then have never gotten out of their group. This is, I I think it's fair to say, this is their golden generation of players. Players like Luka Modric and even Perisic of Real Madrid, even Rakitic of Barcelona, Marcelo Brozovic and Ivan Perisic from Inter Milan, uh, Mario Mandzukic from Juve, you know, Lovren from Liverpool is starting at the back next to Bersejo from Atletico Madrid, Kramaric from Hoffenheim, Mandzukic from Juventus. I mean, they've got so many players. The goalie got... Subasic plays on Monaco. These are all big teams, big players, you know, key players. And the thing to watch from this from this group is that yeah there are some young players spotted around that uh, that lineup. But it's a good mix. It's a good mix, but also this might be this is a very short window of opportunity for them to really take advantage of this uh, of this golden generation because four years from now. I don't think you're going to see Luka Modric and even Rakitic, arguably two of their best players. But you definitely have, not but you have, but you still have at the Ko- same level. Kovacic and Brozovic, who are 22, yes. 24, you'll be seeing them step up in, in, in their place. So, you know, like I said... I'm just the, saying, those players are... They're, they're at yeah, a very is, high level is, right is, now. This is the, a good mix of youth and experience that would, would make you think that this team could push far in this tournament. Their manager is Latko Dalic. He has a lot of experience at clubs, mostly in Asia which I'm not going to pretend to know a lot about uh, 
how you can translate success in like the Asian Champions League to the World Cup. But Croatian fans seem to like him. They play a very expensive attacking style, very possession-based. Obviously, they have one of the strongest and deepest midfields in all the tournament, probably only rivaled by Spain and Some rough teams results like that. in recent friendlies, though. They lost to Peru 2-0. Friendlies, I, I wouldn't... They pulled their full, t- full team out in that game. Here's the thing. And then Croatia, they drew the next game. Croatia are traditionally a team that, yes, they have always been or have always had very talented players, but they usually slip up and underperform against lesser opposition. And where I was really impressed with the performance I was really impressed by, I'll name two, were their last qualifying group game in the Ukraine, which Ukraine were another team desperate to try and get into that last playoff position that uh, Croatia ended up sealing. They were in the same group as Iceland, by the way, who ended up getting the automatic qualification and are in this group also. But they beat Ukraine 2-0 in Kiev. Very impressive result. Kiev, uh, Ukraine aren't a very super talented team, but still a difficult place to go win. And a, a game they traditionally would have lost or slipped up in at least. And then in their playoff game, first game at home in Zagreb against Greece. A notoriously difficult team to break down and, and, and take a couple of goals into that second leg uh, against. They beat them 4-1. They played them off the park. I think it was 3-0 at halftime. Uh, Socrates got a consolation goal in, in the middle of the second half and then another goal from Kramaric sealed it up and it was 4-1 going into the second leg which they drew nil-nil those two performances in high pressure games sort of got the light bulb to go on for me where I'm thinking okay maybe this Croatia team is at the level like maturity wise that they're going to be able to take that next step and not just get out of the group, a very difficult group, but maybe maybe even make some noise, maybe even uh, win, maybe even win a knockout game or two. Yeah. Maybe there get are a lot to, of people's maybe dark get horses. to a quarterfinal. There are a lot of people's dark horses. In this they're game. a fun team. They're going to be a lot of fun to watch. They don't really have a recognized goal scorer. It's uh, you know any it's shared that responsibility is very much shared by the likes of Mandzukic and Kramaric and uh, even Perisic. So. One or two of one, those players have to play pretty well. One thing well. that I will say is they were in the last Euros, weren't they? Or did they not qualify? They were in the last Euros. They, but they were. I feel like they were dark horses in the last Euros. They, they did didn't well. Perform. So okay, they beat Spain in the group stage of the last right. Euros. Perisic, I think, had a goal right at the end in extra time to beat Spain when Spain were up two one in that game. Uh, but they went through to the first knockout game and they lost to Portugal, the eventual winners. Right. So. Portugal were, you know what, the kind of template for a team that can take advantage of uh, Croatia. A, a very, at that tournament at least, a very solid defensive team that could counterattack effectively. And that ended up being their kryptonite. There doesn't seem to be any team really like that, uh, other than Iceland maybe, but they don't really have the, uh, the counterattacking like, pace to really take advantage of Croatia. There isn't really a team like that in this group that could... I wouldn't be surprised... And you know what? I'll say it right now. I think I have Croatia winning this group. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna put I'm gonna put it my, myself out there. Could thoughts, thoughts, concerns, any any weaknesses you see with this Croatia team? Well, I think their backline is, you know, it's okay. I think any any backline that has Deja and Lovren as a starting center back is, you know, I think that they could have some troubles there. Yeah, I think the the center back partnership is uh, Lovren and. Uh, Last name is Vida. He plays at Trab Sponsor in uh, in Turkey. Turkey. Yeah, you know, not not all world players. I think Fedran Chorluka is a, a former Tottenham player. Right. In I his think early that's where their now. that's where their weaknesses lie, and I think that but they're so good in possession that 
you wonder is it's like similar like to Liverpool with the likes of Lovren. Like there's not going to be many chances for teams to be able to take advantage of of those center backs at all. So yeah, I just thought they looked when, when Peru played against them, they looked shaky every time that we were attacking. So I how much do you take like, out of that that friendly game though? I mean, a good amount because they okay. put out their full team. We put out our full team. You know, we're really we were trying to you know basically you know it was it was like a mock group stage game. We were playing a really good Croatia side that. You know, might be similar to that Denmark side or 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 even the French side. So somewhere in between those two, and and you know, it's it's it was on paper a really tough match to play. So you know, I I think that they might struggle if, like you said, finding goals and with their back line. I think their midfield is obviously their they're going to need a lot of goals from their midfield. Yeah, that's they're where gonna they're going to have to find find goals. I think Rakitic, Perisic. Modric. Modric are gonna and and the way to be the, bo- the, the way they the way they've made up for that is by moving Modric from a more reserved role at Real Madrid where he plays a little bit deeper. He plays as more of a number ten for Croatia. He plays way farther up. He goes for goal a lot more and looks to play his forwards like Kramaric and Mandzukic in on goal a lot more. And he's a bit more aggressive with his decision making for Croatia. So it should be fun to watch him. Like, not that it's not fun to watch him for Real, but it'll be like a different side of Modric that we used to see more at Tottenham. Moving on to Iceland, the smallest nation population-wise to ever qualify for the World Cup. It is their first appearance. Uh, their manager is Heimir Halgrimsson. They, of course, made their first ever appearance at a major international tournament two years ago when they got to the quarterfinals of the Euro 2016 in France. Iceland is going to be empty for a couple of weeks. Like, half of the country is coming to Russia to try and watch these games. <laughs> I, I was there in March, and by there I mean in the airport on a layover in between going to Ireland and back from Ireland. And it really, it, it's like a wasteland. It's When you land, it's just rocks just for miles all you can see is just rocks barely any grass and then off in the distance you just see like a volcano (laughs) it's like it's the craziest looking place but it's beautiful don't get me wrong but it's the craziest looking place and it's i think it's something like three or like one person per three kilometers three square kilometers there it's absolutely like 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 underpopulated the country is going to be in russia you're gonna a lot of more. you're gonna get a lot of that Viking clap that we saw a lot of two years ago. Uh, hopefully, teams don't try to rip it off again. Like a bunch of like you saw the Americans try to rip it off. Oh I was so God. pissed off by that. I was like, get your own thing, America. Go back to your. Uh, I believe that we will win. I believe that we will win. That stupid chant. Yeah, go back to that. Uh, <laughs> or just like doing the wave in games. Right. <laughs> That's what they do. <laughs> Everyone has Iceland as their underdog for this group. I still believe that they have a chance to get out. Literally only because the style that they're going to play. I think they could see they could some success. Some I think they could see some success against Argentina and Nigeria. Teams that struggle with aerial threats in the box. Iceland are going to feast off of obviously playing in a low block, playing very defensively. And when they do get forward and try to quote unquote with my using air quotes here, counterattack, those counterattacks aren't really going to be with the aim of using pace to get in behind defenses and get great chances one-on-one with the keeper. It's going to be, let's get players into advanced positions and try to draw a foul so we can advance eight or nine players up into our opponent's penalty box and just try and play like a well-placed ball in there with the likes of Gilfie Sigurdsson from Everton. His dead ball situations are obviously vaunted in the Premier League. You can also 
throw the left foot of Johan Berg Goodmanson from Burnley on one of those, on one of those free player. kicks. Very decent little player. I'm not going to be ballsy enough to predict them to come out from this group. I just can't do it. I, But if... I, they could be the Costa Rica of this group. Costa Rica, if you don't remember, 2014, were in a group with England, Italy, and Uruguay. They won that group. It was absolutely right, like people. No one saw that coming. Right, that like, ruined everyone's brackets. <laughs> right, like uh, maybe the Costa Ricans saw it coming. It introduced us to Kaylor Navas on like a real, yeah. real like world class level. Uh, we were familiar with some of their players, but for the most part, we didn't recognize, and I still don't recognize a lot of the players in that team. Iceland, despite having a really good Euros two years ago, they are still very much in a sort of secluded status where people maybe know Sigurdsson and Goodmanson, but outside of that, they're not really familiar with anyone else. And they have players like Alfred Finnborgensen from uh, Augsburg, scored 12 goals in the Bundesliga this season. Decent player. He's not banging them in. Finnborgensen. Yeah, you know, it's... Sig Bjornsson. You got Aaron, yeah. Gunnarsson. <laughs> Aaron Gunnarsson from Cardiff City. You're going to see him in the Premier League There's next like season. There's like seven Sigurdsons on the team. I mean, they're all someone's son, so it makes right. sense. Are, are you going to do... You're not going to do it. You're no. not going to predict I, it. I, no. I, I, I think they're going to finish last, but I think but they're the, a very I, good I, team. I, just, I think this is, this is the best last place team in all of the groups. Correct. I... I think that this is going to be a hard, hard group, and they could, like you said, they could easily finish third, they could finish second. I don't think they can finish first, but I think I think it could, their 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 ceiling is they could finish second in this group. I think their ceiling is four points: a draw and a win against like Nigeria. Right, but it will take an absolutely monumental effort. Speaking of Nigeria, we're going to move on to the Super Eagles. They are the last team that we're going to preview in Group D. It is their sixth World Cup appearance. Their most manager, of those have been in recent times. Yeah. Yeah, since the 90s. Their didn't first they, sort of golden uh, generation was in the 90s. Did they win um, a U-17 World Cup not too long ago? Yes. Uh, so this this seems Just to be that generation dangle that's... that low-hanging fruit in, fruit in front of me with the U-17 reference. Yeah, they're... Uh... Just for any of you that aren't uh, aware, I am notorious for making fun of African teams playing uh, or having players <laughs> with questionable ages. <laughs> 30-year-old playing in yes, the U-17. Yes, tournament. exactly. Right. Yeah. Their manager is Gernot Rohr, a uh, German Who? manager. Gernot Rohr. Oh. Yeah. You, you never heard of Gernot Rohr? No. Uh, haven't heard most of the managers on these teams. Great guy. Uh, I mean, they're, they're international managers. They usually don't dip too much into the whole club side of things, right? right. Uh, they're the losers of the managers. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Jesus, I'm here. <laughs> okay. I would say for Nigeria's uh, names on paper, in terms of the African teams, the only team that could really rival them is Senegal, who would probably have, we'll get to them eventually, obviously, but probably have more recognizable names than Nigeria on paper. Uh, Some of their names include captain and Chelsea legend, John Obi Mikel. He uh, helped Chelsea, he helped spur Chelsea to one beautiful night in Munich six years ago. But we'll get back to that. One of the best young players in the Premier League, Alex Iwobi. Okay, well, we're going to come back to Alex Iwobi real quick or in a a second. But yes, Alex Iwobi, one of their better creative attacking players. Victor Moses uh, plays as a wing back for Chelsea, but is more of a attacking winger. He's a winger. In a 4-3-3 for for Nigeria. More more famous for his days in Wigan. Okay, sure. Uh, (laughs) His his, uh, his, uh, trophy-winning days. There's the Leicester City duo of Kalechi Iheanacho, the striker, and Wilfred Ndidi, probably the best player in his position in this Nigeria team, I would say. Ahmed Musa from Leicester City, who's been on loan at CSK Moscow. He's someone who's always performed more for his country than he has at club level. And a few 
names that are more question marks than actual uh, uh, positives in their two center backs, William Ekong uh, from Bursa Sport and Leon Balogun from FC Mainz in Germany. Their goalkeeping position is an absolute wreck right now. Vincent Yema, their goalkeeper from 2014, he was in his early 30s, in the prime of his goalkeeping career, had a bust up with their manager at the time and retired from international football. Hmm. Then their backup keeper and uh, odds-on favorite to take the starting job, Carly Keme from Wolves, Wolverhampton Wanderers right now, he, was, he contracted leukemia, came down with leukemia, and he hasn't really played since in the last year or so. So... The job has been up in the air since then. It looks like Francis Uzoho from uh, Deportivo La Coruña is going to be the starter in day one. But the issue with Uzoho is that he can't even get into the Deportivo side. He's been playing for their B team in the second division of uh, Spain. And, you know, for for the kind of teams that Nigeria are going to be facing, we look at their attacking talents and we think this is a good looking team. But just as you work your way down the the lineup to oh, midfield, worse, you're like, right? you see the forwards like, okay, these are some good attacking players. Midfield, some combative midfielders. Who the hell are these center backs? And I don't know who this second division in Spain goalkeeper is. There, there's there's some real potential here for them to be one of the more exciting sides in the World Cup and one of the more exciting sides of this group. They just beat Argentina four two in a friendly just last year. I want to say. And Alex Awobi played out of his skin. But there's some real potential for them to lose their first game and fall apart. You know, the first game will be against Croatia. <laughs> that's not an easy opener. Right. And for a team like Nigeria that's going to need some of the ball, that first game against a possession side like Croatia could spell some real trouble. I'm going to go as far as to say I think Nigeria will finish bottom of this group and, and Iceland will get the third. Yeah, I think I have... I really can't decide between Argentina and Croatia to win this group. I think that Croatia are going to win the group, and I think Argentina finished second, and I think uh, Nigeria third, and Iceland okay. fourth. So that's where we differ. I, I have Croatia one, Argentina two, Iceland three, Nigeria four. Nigeria play Alex Awobi in a more central position. They don't play him out. They've played him in the past out on the wings, like he does for Arsenal, but he plays as more of like a creative number 10 yeah, for like them. more like a center mid for them. Like they used to try and utilize John Obi Mikel as like an advanced, like attacking midfielder, like he was when he was first coming up through uh, the youth system at PSV, I want to say. Chelsea and Jose Mourinho obviously shifted him to a defensive midfielder and... Nigeria have kept trying to get him to go back to those like attacking uh, roots that he he grew up with, but have now realized that with a midfield pivot of Mikel and Wilfred Ndidi from Leicester, and I think they have a few other players like Joel Obi from uh, Torino that can be very like robust uh, box to box midfielders. They've got the they've got the what it takes to sort of play with energy in midfield against the the better teams in this group, but just defensively, if you happen to break past that. That initial just front six. Oh yeah, they're gonna Nigeria. they're gonna have some four twos, some this, three two games. That, exactly. Yeah. That exactly. I mean, w- w- what I will say is watch every single one of Nigeria's games, even if it's against Iceland. Probably be fun. Yeah. Yeah, it's gonna be a fun game. No, every every, every game in this group should be pretty fun. This this is a fun group where every team, you know, the teams aren't that far apart. Like the worst team isn't that much different from the best team in the group. So I think there there is a world where you know, any one of these teams could get out of the group 
And, and there's w- a world where be, Argentina don't get out of the group. Right, where it wouldn't be that big of a surprise. So one last time for anyone who is keeping score, Javier had Croatia 1, Argentina 2, Nigeria 3, Iceland 4, and so basically chalk. I have Croatia 1, Argentina 2, Iceland 3, Nigeria 4. It's going to be a fun group. Definitely one of the groups I'm looking forward to most and one of the most wide open ones. Keep an eye out for our next two previews coming sometime, I want to say early next week. We'll be recording them this Sunday night and uh, Andrew will be back for those and it'll be the three of us on a pod for the first time in a while. It's been a while since the three of us uh, triple teamed it. Yeah. So until next time, 